Thanks for tuning in. Ham Talk Live will be on the air shortly. Please stand by. Thanks for tuning in. Ham Talk Live will be on the air shortly. Please stand by. This episode of Ham Talk Live is brought to you by Tower Electronics. For cables, connectors, and more, call 920-435-2973 or visit pl-259.com. And buy the ham station. Get your new radio or antenna by calling 800-729-4373 or go to hamstation.com. It's Ham Radio. Good evening, everyone. It's Ham Talk Live. It's episode number 74, the Solar Eclipse QSO Party, recorded live on Thursday, July 27th, 2017. I'm your host, Neil Rapp, WB9VPG. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of Ham Talk Live. Tonight, we're joined by Sam Rose, KC2LRC. And we'll be talking about the Solar Eclipse QSO party, and I'll uh, fill you in a little more here uh, in a minute. But we'll also have uh, another guest with us this evening. Um, W2NAF will be here to uh, take your questions in just a little bit. And uh, last week was an abbreviated show. Um, my father passed away and uh, did a little uh, tribute to him and, and didn't schedule uh anybody to be on the show last week but uh, if you ever miss a show all you have to do is go to hamtalklive.com they're all there you can play them anytime you want Uh, you can also catch our podcast edition over on apple podcast stitcher iHeartRadio, google play tune in soundcloud and a bunch of others um, and also on youtube so uh, we're going to be talking about this QSO party for the solar eclipse tonight. And uh, eclipse mania is here. So we'll be talking about that. So get your questions ready to go for that. And uh, we're going to have a um, recorded interview tonight uh, due to some um, time constraints. Uh, but we will take your questions after that. And that telephone number for calling in once uh, we get to that point will be 812-NET-HAM-1. That's 812-638-4261. You can also Skype us. Uh, just search for Ham Talk Live on Skype and you will find us there. And if you're too shy to call us, first of all, don't be so shy, but uh, you can tweet us at Ham Talk Live as well. So uh, as I was mentioning, uh, Sam uh, was supposed to be home yesterday uh, from a trip to Europe, but he ended up in England for an extra week. Um, so we recorded the interview yesterday, 
but uh, we'll play that for you. And then after the interview, um, the guy who's who's doing all this uh, scientific study, uh, Dr. Nathaniel uh, Frissel, W2NAF, uh, we'll be here to take your questions in Sam's place. So I'll be back with Sam right after this word from the ham station right here on Ham Talk Live. This episode of Ham Talk Live is brought to you by The Ham Station. For over 37 years, The Ham Station has sold new and used radios, antennas, accessories, and equipment to hams everywhere. Give Dan or Jeff a call at 800-729-4373 or order online at hamstation.com. Ham Station carries all the major brands like Icom, Yezu, and Kenwood, and they have a wide selection of radio scanners, MFJ accessories, Heil Sound products, amplifiers by Mirage and Ameritron, Kushcraft antennas, and more. Easy online ordering is at hamstation.com or call 1-800-729-4373 to place an order and talk it over with the experts. The Ham Station, proud to sponsor this episode of Ham Talk Live. The grass may be greener on the other side, but at least we don't have to mow it. You're listening to Ham Talk Live with Neil Rapp. And welcome back to Ham Talk Live, the ham station. They've got you covered for new and used equipment. Give uh, Dan or Jeff a call. That phone number is 800-729-4373 or they're online. Just go to hamstation.com. Tell them I sent you from Ham Talk Live, and uh, be sure to listen to the show every Thursday night at 9 p.m. Eastern Time right here, hamtalklive.com. And again, if you miss the show, you can catch it over on our website or on the podcast feed. So uh, again, tonight, uh, Sam is uh, is uh, sleeping <laughs> right now, or at least we hope he is uh, because of the time difference. So we recorded this, and uh, so we'll play that uh, pre-recorded part, and um, I will talk with Nathaniel uh, while you're listening to that, and then... Uh, We'll take a break and come back, and then we'll take your questions. So here's the uh, interview with Sam Rose, KC2LRC. Sam Rose, KC2LRC, is from Syracuse, New York, and Sam was first licensed in June 2003 at the age of 13. He studied electrical engineering at Clarkson University, where he was president of Clarkson's radio club, K2 Charlie Charlie from 2010 through 2012 and he now works with c-speed in liverpool new york doing engineering and data performance analysis work on the c-speed lightwave radar a next generation s-band air traffic surveillance radar uh, sam is an avid contester works satellites public service events works irlp restores radios and enjoys special events such as balloon launches, ISS retransmissions, and weird contests. And since he started ham radio at a young age, he's particularly interested in introducing ham radio to youth and young adults. But tonight, he's here to talk about the upcoming Solar Eclipse QSO party. So Sam, welcome to Ham Talk Live all the way from England. Hey, good evening, Neil. And I, I really mean evening here in England. Good to be back. Yeah, we or I mentioned earlier uh, we pre-recorded this because you 
were supposed to be home, and uh, it didn't quite work that way, I guess. You're still over across the pond. Yeah, I'm across the pond because I didn't quite figure out my way through London uh, in time to get to Gatwick back for a flight. So here I am still touring Europe. (laughs) Well, I would say I feel sorry for you, but I'm not so sure that I do, but Uh, I'm not enjoying it. What's the worst that can happen? Go up and uh, drink scotch in Edinburgh? (laughs) (laughs) In Scotland. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Well, uh, you talked to me about the uh, the solar eclipse QSO party, and, and eclipse mania, I, I've noticed, has been in full force lately. I was listening to broadcast radio on Monday, and the, the guy on there was talking about, uh, oh, yeah, the solar eclipse is coming up soon. I just now heard about this, and I'm just like, Okay, I've been hearing about it for months. I've heard friends saying, "Okay, I, I talked to this this church down in in Kentucky, and they've got this parking lot, and we've got a spot reserved in this parking lot." You know, all making all these trips and and, and stuff. You know, people coming in uh, to get the best look at this, and I've been hearing about it for months, and and the rest of the world is now just kind of finding out about it. So. Uh, so you've got this QSO party coming up that's taking place for the eclipse. So tell us about what's going to take place and and what's going on with the QSO party. Well, so a little background on this. Uh, Nathaniel, W2NAF, uh, who has a Ph.D. in uh, some things relating to ionospheric research, he has been using HF radar systems, usually called Super Darn, to gather data to study the scientific phenomena that cause HF propagation that we all love as ham radio operators. Well, in the midst of his research, he noticed that crowdsourced data is particularly valuable. And what we mean by crowdsourced data here is that particularly the reverse beacon network, but maybe some other things like spotting clusters and stuff you can get good ideas based on reverse call sign lookups and stuff like this on where the bands are open to at a given moment, just based on who's on the air and who the reverse beacon network is currently detecting. So reverse beacon network, if you haven't heard of this, is a system that uses wideband uh, software-defined radio skimmers to actively receive whoever's on the air and automatically send reports to a network server where they're collected. Well, Reverse Beacon Network also allows you to download the data throughout, I think, its entire operational history. And he's been using this as a tool to study ionospheric phenomena. So not often, though, does the ionospheric researcher get to have God put his thumb between the Earth and the sun by having a solar eclipse. So when this happens, we've got to take full advantage of it and really try to collect the most thorough data that we can using whatever methods are available. So to get a lot of people on the air during this, we've called a contest. Um, and there, the, the details of this are on hamsci.org. Um, but the whole idea is to get more people on the air to put a lot of signals out there 
to create more points of data and to create a more thorough view of what happens during a solar eclipse when maybe we're going to expect some strange phenomena. You know, maybe uh, 80 meters is going to open during the day. Will this happen? We don't know. But during a solar eclipse a few years ago in Europe, some stations using SDR uh, receivers observed an AM opening at a time that you normally wouldn't expect during the day. So that's what we're going to be keeping an eye on. But in order to do this, we need to uh, have a lot of participants so that we get a lot of signals on the air, operate a lot of uh, reverse beacon network skimmers, and collect the best data that we can. Okay, so what's the, if, if you're just going to get on the air, and we'll talk a little bit more about maybe doing some of the reverse beacon network stuff and all of that here in a minute. But if you're just going to get on the air and just work the QSO party, what's the exchange and, you know, what do people need to know just if they just decide to just jump on the air and, and talk? So this is a QSO party that's going to have some things that are a bit unusual to it. Um, you know, most contests, you you can only work people once. But in this contest, within the rules, and I'm, I'm, I don't know them perfectly off the top of my head, but there is an allowance to work people more than once. And the reason is because we want to see the same uh, propagation paths over time as the solar eclipse progresses. So there are provisions for that. Um, I believe it's going to involve some things like you're going to be asked to send actual signal reports. Um, let's not, not let's not give everybody five oh, nine. Let's wait let's, a minute. You're five nine. Everybody's five nine. What are you talking about? Again, again. Okay, uh, your prefix again, again, again. Yeah, yeah. You're five nine. Exactly. You're five, exactly. Nine. <laughs> so. You get a five nine. You get a five nine. Everybody gets a five nine. No, okay. So, so, so real so, reports. So I forget if this is a requirement or a we're asking for this, but um, because there's we, we've had a lot of discussions over how to write the rules for this contest to try to get the type of information scientifically that we want, but that might I, I think that's a requirement of it. Um, being in England, I don't have the, the rules in front of me here. <laughs> but there's uh, there's also, uh, we're going to exchange grid squares so that we have some idea where we are. Um, that's going to involve, I think, both stations' grid squares um, so that we record that. And the idea behind that is that not only are we going to put a lot of value on CW operators, but we're going to put a lot of value on phone operators, too, even though those signals are not computer decodable. Um, so the logs that people send in, they're going to be a point of data. Um, and we want to open the contest to as many people as we can, not just CW or digital operators, and that's why we're doing it like this. So it's 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 going to be a little bit different. Um, but the point is, this is not a contest where the goal is to uh, make necessarily, you know, to for the operators to win or make as many contacts as they can, which, well, that will be a goal. The, but the design of this contest is designed to do something which will give us 
the best possible scientific data. And that's why it's, it's going to be a little bit different. Okay. Now, let, let's talk a little bit about what people can do to contribute to the event besides just getting on the air and make a bunch of contacts. Uh, mode is going to matter. Um, and then possibly some extra hardware. So tell us how people can contribute um, in other ways than just uh, just making some contacts. Well, I mean, making some contacts is certainly the easiest way to do it. Um, we want as many people on the air as we can get so that we can get a lot of points of data. But there's some other ways that you can as well. Uh, I had mentioned uh, Reverse Beacon Network. Um, well, one thing that we uh, need for this contest is we need as many Reverse Beacon Network nodes as possible. Now, a Reverse Beacon Network node is an SDR-based radio that scans a good chunk of bandwidth, maybe 192 kilohertz per band and between two to six bands, or, or maybe just one, but most, most stations uh, run between two and six bands. Um, and they decode all of the signals in the CW and digital regions, or both, and send back reports when they see stations calling CQ. And they also report things like the amplitude of the signals and stuff like this. So the... Uh, Receiver that's most common with reverse beacon network operators is not made anymore. It's, it's, the, it's the Quicksilver QS1R. And uh, anybody who has one of those can uh, use it as a reverse beacon network receiver up to seven bands at once and 192 kilohertz slices. So also, if, you've got a, uh, if you have a Flex 6000 series radio, and since this contest is going to be on a Monday, well, maybe, maybe you've got that radio already, but you're not going to be at home to operate the contest. Well, you can set that up as a skimmer for either two or four bands, depending on the model. Or you can buy this, uh, this board called the Red Bataya, um, which you can kind of think of as an electrical engineer's Raspberry Pi and there's instructions on hamsci.org to set this board up as a six-band reverse beacon network skimmer. Now, not only that, um, but one of the things that we desire to do in this contest is to record the wideband raw SDR data from these receivers. So what I've been particularly involved in is writing guides for people with QS1Rs and flex radios to run their radios as skimmers and recorders. So I don't think they're published as of yet, um, but we're, we're, we're hoping to do that very soon so that everybody listening has some time to get these things set up. This and is going to will be available at? At hamsci.org. Um, yeah, that's H-A-M-S-C-I. H-A-M-S-C-I dot O-R-G. Yeah. Is where we're posting all the all the guides for everybody who wants to be involved, and so this is going to generate a, a decent amount of data um, for the tests I ran on my Flex, which is a sixty three hundred. Uh, this allows up to two ninety six kilohertz wide uh, IQ outputs, and they were about five hundred and fifty kilobytes per second each. So that was about two gigs of data per hour. Um, 
times two. Um, if you have the 6500 and up, you can run four 192 kilohertz slices at the same time. And so that's, that's uh, I think, a total of 16 gigs of data per hour. The idea behind this is that the project uh, wants to be able to actually analyze the received data from these stations to look at fine trends in the signals that were picked up. And you get a lot more data out of that than just having the system say, oh, there was a station on this frequency at this time at this amplitude. You can see in much more detail, but it is going to take up a lot of hard drive space. So be aware of that. The Red Pattaya is the other option to do this. That's a board kind of like in, we call it an engineer's raspberry, an electrical engineer's raspberry Pi, which is about, I think it was about $350. And that can be set up as a six band skimmer and recorder. So there's going to be guides for all of this on uh, hamsci.org. And I hope that uh, lots of you listening will go and fire up uh, reverse beacon network skimmers or uh, operate the radio and uh, get involved because the more points of data we get out of this, the better. All right. Well, uh, some cool stuff there and some, some great data gathering for those people who are new to the grid square idea. Of course, we know all the satellite guys, they know the grid squares and, and, uh, there's a few grid square chasers out there, so they know all about the, the grid square thing. But a lot of people aren't always familiar with a grid square. So how can they figure out what grid square that they should uh, report? Well, there's a couple easy ways to do that. Um, you mentioned the satellite guys. Well, uh, AMSAT offers an online converter on their website which uh, if you punch in your, uh, your latitude and longitude, it will bring up your grid square. Most amateurs in the U.S. Um, who have their, uh, their information on qrz.com can look it up there um, based on their current home address that's in QRZ. I think ARRL has a converter online, as does the uh, FCC. So there's... Uh, there's plenty of ways to uh, convert your latitude and longitude that you can uh, go look up on uh, Google Earth with your address um, into your Maidenhead grid square. And then you'll uh, you'll use that in the exchange for the contest. Yeah. So basically what's happening is we're taking the whole globe and chopping it up into little squares and, and they're mm-hmm. numbered and, and lettered um, in order. And um, yeah, I, I was going to say that Probably the easiest way to do that is just go to qrz.com, look up your yourself, and then uh, I think you have to go on detail, uh, I think it is, and it'll give you your, your grid square for your home address. And then if you operate portable, then you may have to go to one of the uh, converters to, to figure that out. But uh, that would be right. a good so thing that you need to look up ahead of time so you know what grid square you're operating from. Right. So maybe you're uh, hauling yourself down to the desert where, you know, there's not going to be any clouds so that you can actually go view the eclipse and you've got a radio in your backpack. Well, you, you can figure it out this way, too. <laughs> Very good. And we've talked a little bit about um, how that's going to be used to study propagation, but anything else that, that you can think of that, you know, was going to come out of this data? 
Well, we don't know, and uh, that's that's why we're excited. But the uh, in the past, we've seen some really interesting things come out of Reverse Beacon Network, um, and in spotting clusters. And then just a, just a couple months ago, there were some things uh, presented uh, by uh, Dr. Phil Erickson at Hamvention. I, I believe it was his presentation uh, where they were talking about the use of this network in uh, tracking six meter activity during this uh, unusually active uh, sporadic E season. And they were using the tool because it gave quite a lot of coverage over where the uh, six meter openings were occurring. And they were correlating this with uh, meteorological phenomena. Um, they, they, we have some new hypotheses we're looking at right now in terms of how meteorological uh, events affect six meter propagation. So, but the, the whole point is we don't really know what we're, what we're going to get out of this. Um, we had some discussions before I left for Europe about, potentially designing SDR receivers that could be useful both for ham uh, purposes and also for scientific purposes. And one of the biggest uh, things we ran into is, well, how do we design these receivers to satisfy requirements that we don't know what they are yet? So we we're trying to uh, set this up in a way that gives us information that answers some of those questions and hopefully is uh, useful to learn a bit about ionospheric phenomena. And that's why we, uh, we hope to have you all on board with this. All right. Well, that's uh, a snapshot of the solar eclipse QSO party. Um, I know QST had, uh, or as I like to call it, Q street, had uh, that on the cover, so there's some information there. And then hamsci, dot org is where you can uh, find uh, some of these guides that will be coming up soon and uh, some more information there, so be sure to check that out. And uh, one last thing before we go, because I'm a chemistry teacher and, and, and it's always safety first, uh, let's remind everybody quickly about if you're just going to go out and watch the eclipse, how to do that safely while you're getting on the QSO party, hopefully. So there's uh, one thing to keep in mind is that it's never safe to look at the sun, especially for extended periods. And, and not only that, but you're not going to see the eclipse uh, very vividly if you're just looking at the sun. It's not something you want to do. Your <laughs> your vision is valuable. Don't burn it out by looking at the sun. Um, you can, however, do it through welder's goggles and and, and stuff like this. There's, uh, there's some guides online as how to do that. But don't look at the sun directly, and especially don't point a telescope at the sun. Uh, because that collects the light and focuses it on your eyes, and you can you can burn your retina nearly instantly by using a telescope to look at the sun. Um, plenty of ways to do it, but don't do it with your naked eyes. Yeah, I remember um, looking at one back when I was a, a kid, and we used the telescope, but I had a sun filter, and then we also kind of reflected it onto a piece of paper i think it was or something like that and to where we weren't mm -hmm. looking straight into it and and was able right. to watch it that way and then then we did the welders 
uh, helmet thing. Dad had a, a, a uh, helmet, so um, saw mm-hmm. it through that. So, yeah, just want to make sure everybody's aware of that. We don't want anybody burning out retinas, so uh, got to get the uh, the safety tip of the weekend here. So, uh, mm-hmm. anything else we need to talk about before we uh, take a break and take some calls? Well, I think that's uh, pretty much it. But, I mean, I, we're really looking forward to uh, seeing, you know, first of all, uh, how much uh, how much participation can we get. Um, and, you know, I'll just reiterate a couple of things, uh, that there's a lot of ways to uh, participate with what gear you already have if you're an HF operator. Um, if you've got a, if you've got a Flex 6000 series radio, you can either be on the air or if you, you uh if you are going to be busy at work that day or something, because it's Monday, August 21st is when this contest is. Um, but if for some reason you're not going to be on the air, you can run that radio as a, uh, as a reverse beacon network skimmer and recorder, um, as you can with, uh, the red Pattaya and QS one R and a couple other, uh, popular, uh, SDRs, whether or not we've written guides for them, there's, there's way, to uh, get the data to go to uh, CW Skimmer, and at that point, it's pretty easy to Im- integrate with uh, Reverse Beacon Network Aggregator. So, however much you want to contribute, however much or however little, uh, we consider it valuable. And, and certainly, in the case of a crowdsourced effort, um, we're pushing to be able to accommodate people with all sorts of different equipment and all sorts of. Uh, different abilities to contribute to the event because by accommodating as many people as we can, that's how we're going to get as many points of data as possible. And we're really looking forward to seeing what comes out of this. So thank you everybody who's uh, listening tonight and considering participating. All right. And we just now mentioned the date. Uh, we, uh, so that happened to think, you know, let's, uh, we probably ought to mention what, what time, <laughs> how early we want to start on this. And also, yes, it's the day after Huntsville. It's it's the day after I get home from Huntsville. So um, August 21st and timing? It's an eight-hour contest. And to be honest, I don't remember the exact times, but they're certainly posted on uh, hamsci.org as are going to be the guides how to operate in the contest and how to run these various receivers as reverse beacon network nodes. Okay, well, we'll uh, we're going to take a break here, and I will actually run over and, and get those times, and we'll throw that in. But uh, since Sam is uh, across the pond tonight, uh, we're pre-recording this, as I said, so uh, he's not going to be around for the question and answer session, but we will have one. Um, so we will come back, and uh, we'll do that with somebody else from the Solar Eclipse QSO Party team right here on Ham Talk Live. This episode of Ham Talk Live is brought to you in part by Tower Electronics. 
Tower Electronics has been the Ham's Dime Store since 1978. When you need connectors, mobile and handheld antennas, cables, or adapters, visit Scott or Jill at a Hamfest near you. Or you can order online at pl-259.com or call 920-435-2973. Stock up on those supplies like PL-259 and end connectors, SMA adapters, audio cables, soldering supplies, mobile antennas, and hand Sticks. Their silver-plated end connectors are even used on the International Space Station. Tower Electronics carries MFJ, Comet, Daiwa, OPEC, Workman, and HamPro products. And don't miss their 0% off sale going on now. Tower Electronics, online at pl-259.com. Proud to sponsor this episode of Ham Talk Live. Ham Talk Live with Neil Rapp. Hey, baby. I'd love to be in your grid square. Join the conversation. Call us on voice with Skype at Ham Talk Live or give us a call at 812 Net Ham 1. That's 812 638 4261. Now, here's more Ham Talk Live. Thanks to Scott and Jill at Tower Electronics for sponsoring the show once again tonight to help bring you Ham Talk Live. And they're getting back on the road soon. They will be in Berryville, Virginia on August 6th and Huntington, West Virginia, August 12th. And then they'll be in Huntsville on August 19th and 20th. And then September 1st, 2nd, and 3rd, they'll be at Shelby, North Carolina. So, Uh, Give them a call if you're not at one of those. It's 920-435-2973 or visit them at pl-259.com and tell them Ham Talk Live sent you there. And uh, make sure you check out our Facebook page or Twitter feed and Instagram. Just search for Ham Talk Live. So it's time to take your calls now. And as I said, uh, Sam's still in England, so... Uh, Dr. Nathaniel Frisell, W2NAF, is here that we were talking about. He's uh, the one doing all this research, and he's here to answer your questions. So if you have a question for Nathaniel, the phone number to call right now is 812-NET-HAM-1. That's 812-638-4261. Or you can call us on Skype with Ham Talk Live is the username there. Um, or you can tweet us at Ham Talk Live. So now's the time to call if you have a question about the Solar Eclipse QSO party. And Nathaniel, thanks for uh, covering for Sam tonight and uh, taking some questions. You're welcome, Neil. I'm glad to be here. We've been talking as the uh, recording played because we both listened to it uh, earlier. And uh, Dr. Frisell is at uh, NJIT, the New Jersey Institute of uh, Technology over in Newark. And uh, he's the one that's going to be doing a lot of this stuff. And and one of the things that I noticed after we uh, recorded um, with Sam was the logging. And there is an... Uh, an update for N1MM Plus for that. Um, so while we're waiting on people to call, so go ahead and call now, 812-NET-HAM-1 or Skype us or tweet us. But uh, while we're waiting on that to come in, why don't you fill us in a little bit on uh, the logging for this QSO party? Uh, sure, Neil. So yes, N1MM Plus does have uh, support for the Solar Eclipse QSO party in it. Uh, If you download the latest version, 
Uh, you can choose the log type Eclipse, and it should have um, everything you need to be able to log the QSO party. Okay, um, but I did see you have to get the latest version because I guess yeah. there was a bug. There was a bug, but I saw that they posted the latest version, and uh, it, they said that the bug has been corrected. Um, I just saw they posted it. Um, I saw that about 20 minutes before the show, so I haven't tested it out yet myself, but hopefully tomorrow or early next week I'll get that downloaded, and I will test it out and post a new sample log file on hamside.org. Okay, so be watching hamside.org for the details, and we uh, mentioned the times uh, that we were going to give you those. So that's 1,400 Zulu to 2,200 Zulu. Those are the times. Again, August 21st, 1,400 UTC to 2,200 UTC is when you need everybody out there on the air. That's right. We're looking forward to it. All right, so... What are you going to be doing while all this is going on? Well, I certainly hope to be participating in the uh, SEQP. So I'm planning on uh, driving down to uh, a, a place in Kentucky underneath the path of totality. And um, I'll be bringing my ham radio and a bunch of friends. And we're going to set up and um, I'm planning on participating along with everybody else. All right. Very good. Um, so give us a call, 812-NAT-TAM-1, 812-638-4261, or Skype or tweet. Uh, if you have some questions here, we have a few minutes uh, with Dr. Frisell, so let's, uh, let's get him some questions here if we can. Um, so tell us a little bit about this organization, HamSci, and, and what that's uh, trying to do with ham radio and science. So HamSci is a ham radio science citizen investigation, and this is an organization I started with a few friends um, when I was still in graduate school. And um, basically, I came into research, um, into space physics research, because I was a ham radio operator. And as a uh, researcher, I saw, wow, the hams um, have a number of really interesting data sets. Like they have a reverse beacon network, PSK reporter, um, WhisperNet, they have all this data that's not really being tapped for scientific use. And I said, well, I wonder if these two communities that I'm both fully a part of, you know, could work together. Can we bring the ham radio community to help the research community and have the research community help the ham radio community? And so HamSci looks to do three things. We look to advance scientific research and understanding through amateur radio activities. We look to encourage the development of new technologies to support this research, and we look to provide educational opportunities for the amateur community and the general public. So it's really a two-way collaborative citizen science ham radio organization. All right, pretty cool. And um, I, I tie science and, and ham radio together with uh, <clears throat> with the chemistry that I teach, and uh, we talk about electromagnetic radiation and those kinds of things, but this sounds like it's it's an even better uh, connection between the two because you're you're studying the propagation of things with the ham radio. That's right, and not only the propagation, but we're also hoping that we can use the things we learn from ham radio to maybe help us better understand the ionosphere or the upper atmosphere and its connection to space and, um, and those sorts of things. 
All right. Very good. 812-NAT-TAM-1 is the phone number. 812-638-4261. Or tweet us at HamTalkLive or Skype us at HamTalkLive. We've got time for a question. So uh, if you want to jump in here, let us know. And and maybe even uh, if you're just planning on um, joining in on the QSO party, if you have some comments about that, uh, jump in and, and let us know. Um, and maybe your plans for the eclipse. So I, I haven't figured mine out yet. I got I, I got to work. I, I got to teach, and then I'm coming back from Huntsville, so it's going to be a tight squeeze. So I haven't uh, I got a exotic location to go to or anything, but uh, I'm sure we'll uh, get some time to to take a look at it. Yeah, I hope I hope so. It should be a very interesting event. Now, I've heard um, a lot of people say some places down in, in Kentucky, um, mm-hmm. and then I've heard some out in, in Nebraska. So where, where's the best belt of, of viewing for this? Uh, well, um, I guess uh, people may know by now that the eclipse is going to, totality is going to start in uh, Oregon and go diagonally southeast across the United States and end in South Carolina. And really, any of those places could potentially be a good location as long as you're within that uh, narrow band path of totality. The thing you want to watch out for um, visually is you want good weather. You want it to be cloud-free. So you sometimes, um, so if you look out in the western part of the United States, there are some places that are uh, statistically more dry, more cloud-free at the times when totality is going to take place. And those are probably some really good options. Um, so you can go on the internet, and if you Google Great American Eclipse, you can find websites that will tell you, you know, this, these are places where you are most likely to have good, dry, clear weather. But the nice thing from a ham radio perspective is that our radios can see through the clouds. So if you're interested in the ham radio or just the radio aspect of it, you can still f- fully participate even if you're in a place that is less dry or you might just get lucky, And which is what I'm certainly hoping for. I'm hoping that we have good clear skies and good radio propagation all at the same time in Kentucky. Yeah, no, that would be nice. It doesn't happen very often, but... (laughs) (laughs) You know, it could happen, right? (laughs) Yeah, yeah, we're going to hope so. And uh, so, you know, the reverse... And one thing I want to mention is, you know, the reverse beacons and and some of that stuff, you know, kind of relies more on digital mode. So I'm sure that would be helpful if you do a a digital mode or CW, something like that. But yeah. But just get on the air and, and make some contacts and, and get some activity on the band so we can see what's going on. And I wanted to um, make a note. I know you said you had to work. You had to teach on that Monday. Um, people who maybe can't get out and operate, you know, they might still be able to set up a reverse speaking network node that they can just leave running for the day um, or a PSK a reporter uh, node. Um, You can just turn the radio on and have it just listen and report back. And that's a good way to participate, even if you can't actually be there operating in front of your radio during the eclipse. All right. Very good. Well, uh, we have reached the end of our time. So uh, I want to thank my guest, Sam Rose, KC2LRC, and Dr. Nathaniel Frisell, W2NAF. 
and everyone out there for listening tonight. And that is a wrap for this week's edition of Ham Talk Live. Now, next week, uh, 9 o'clock Eastern Time, Andrew OZ5E and Lisa Huddleston from the Ham Band will be on. If you remember that viral video a few years ago uh, of the people on the tower doing the music video, they're going to be here live um, from uh, Denmark. And uh, we're looking forward to that. So make sure you tune in for the Ham Band next week. And for a list of all of our upcoming guests, you just go to hamtalklive.com and click on the uh, show schedule link. So for now, this is Neil Rapp, WB9VPG, saying 7375, and may the good DX be yours. Don't, 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 don't,